0: I need to move into another area of discussion, and I hope you see a pattern here. As we started Friday night, those who were with us, the very foundation, there's a pattern, there's a consistency in these presentations. And one thing that you can draw to conclusion is the fact that definitely the health message in light of the gospel plays a very prominent role in preparing a people for the second coming of Christ. And so, this evening, let us move to another direction here, and we can uh, put this on here. And once again, we're going to go into the medical book. You do have your Bibles. We have found out, as we've been studying what this medical book is all about, the greatest book that has ever been written. We believe that you and I are fearfully and wonderfully made, made from the hands of a divine creator. We're going into the owner's manual, and now we want to talk about the secret of health that is revealed. Now, there's a text that I'd like to share with you that I alluded to earlier. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy, uh, chapter 29. Deuteronomy 29. And this is a text that you're familiar with, Deuteronomy 29, 29. Going into the owner's manual. In Deuteronomy 29, the Bible reads, verse 29, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we might do all the words of his law. Last night I gave you some statistics. I blotted that off my computer because I didn't want to take more time on that. I want to use every moment I have to get to the main point. And I, we realize that we're definitely living in a world filled with what we call a laser house of disease. There's one job that I know that would never be downsized, that I would never be unemployed. That's medical missionary work. I find that everywhere you go, all over the world, people are sick. People are sick. And when we learn these principles, it becomes a means to reach the hearts of people, once we understand these principles. In the Word of God, as I mentioned to you Friday, my experience with arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis for 10 years, diagnosed by the medical community as incurable. Prognosis, medication for the rest of your life. Outcome, all kinds of side effects. And as I listened to the great men of the medical world, as they proclaimed, exclaim that there was no hope, I resolved in my mind that they must be right. Because after all, They were well educated. But when I went into the word of God, I found a different story. And I said, Lord, what is this secret that you want to reveal to me? And he said, just open up your heart and I will teach you. The 23 years that I've been doing this work, there are other people that are more qualified. I'm not even qualified. Because I have not had any literal training in medical missionary work. I've never been to a school to learn what I'm sharing with you. So, do that scare you a little bit? <laughs> it might scare some folks. And I'm not saying that the boast to say that if God can take a simple man like me and put into this abused brain this wisdom, what can he do for people like you? Amen. And as I told you, that the only degrees I have is what you remember last night. What are they? B.A. What are they? M.D. Ph.D. Now, what are those degrees? B.A. M.D. Made in divine image. Ph.D. Praise Him daily. Now, all of us, if we are willing, it's not our aptitude; it's our attitude. If we are willing to allow God to use us, and as Gordon was saying that we need to be doing a work for the Lord, you don't have to compare yourself with others. Don't look what you don't have. Look what you do have. If you have a mouth. You remember Moses, after he spent 40 years in the University of, 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 of the Wilderness? Then God said, I want you to go to Pharaoh. And Moses said, Lord, I can't speak the language. He said, who made your mouth? Then Moses said, what am i am going to use? He said, what's that in your hand? Use what you have in God. My wife, her profession is not a teacher. She's an accountant. She's our business manager. She's not a teacher. For my wife to be up here and travel around the world with me, teaching is a miracle in itself. She was frightened to stand before people. Years ago, when I asked my wife, I said, we need to work as a team. That was about 20 years ago. She said, I don't know how to teach. I gave her one quote outside of the Bible and I want you to put this in your mind. Anybody familiar with a book called Education? Page 271. And you read where, and I cannot, I'm not quoting it verbatim, but this is the way it goes. I shared this with my lovely wife. And it is says that angels are seeking to speak through our voice and work through our hands. And we have their experience of education and no university course can compare to that education. All we need to do is avail ourselves to God and the angels will move with us. Amen? And so we find God has revealed these secrets. And so with this, we talked about how to postpone our funeral. We went through that. I shared with you that a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hiding himself but the simple pass on and punish. We found out, in simple terms, what does that mean? You remember we put that up? A prudent man, what, foreseeth the evil. Hmm. Prevention, out of the mouth of suckling babes. Prevention, prevention is better than cure. We found out that God gave us instructions. He gave us a plan. We tend to have forgotten the creator. The Bible tells us, so this text, when all else fails, what? Read the instructions. So we go back to the great medical book. This is his plan. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but it says, but one sinner destroy much good. God's plan we've been talking about, educate, versus man plan to what? Medicate. Medicate. Drugs are weapons of war. Drugs give us temporary relief, but I will go on record and say no drugs you will find on on the market, pharmaceutical market, will cure you of any disease. I have not found one. And I'm not here to tell you not to take them. That's your choice. You are free to do that. But remember that your body is not deficient of aspirins or prednisone. (laughs) Therefore, No prescription is more valuable than knowledge, according to the former Surgeon General of the United States. The Bible said the knowledge of the truth shall set set you free. Therefore, we want to talk about the principles of health. We want to define what is health, and we want to explain these principles this afternoon. We want to talk about what is health and what is disease. If we can answer these two questions... And I believe if the medical community can answer these two questions correctly, it will revolutionize their whole medical procedures. And you say, answer those two questions? Don't they know what health is? But there is a correct way and an incorrect way. So we want to answer these two questions this evening. This is just for those who are Adventists. I thought this was a very appropriate statement here. I want you to look at this statement. Come from a book called Councils on Health, page 506. As religious aggression subverts the liberties of our nation. Do you know what that means? Anybody know what that means? Yeah. Those who will stand for freedom of conscience will be placed in unfavorable positions. What does it mean as religious aggression subverts the liberty of our nation? We find that without just, you know, just basically, we find that there are going to come a crisis that the powers be will seek to dictate to you the way of worshiping. That's what it means. Are we approaching that time? Absolutely. All right, keep that in mind. I just, I don't want to get into theology with you right now, but I just want to bring that out, that we're going to face a religious crisis in America and in, in all other countries will follow that your conscience will be trampled on. But listen to what it says here. For their sake, they should, while they have opportunity, become intelligent in regard to what? Its causes, prevention, and cure. And those who will do this will find a field of labor anywhere. There will be suffering ones, plenty of them, who will need help, not only among those of our own faith, but large among those who know not the truth. While we have time, every church member, in conjunction with distributing literature and et cetera, should be a medical missionary. Did I say some? We cannot finish the work if the medical missionary work and the gospel do not go hand in hand. You can't do it. I don't care how much you do. They got to go hand in hand. Just a thought to impress our minds. <clears throat> so, what should we know? Disease is cause, prevention, and cure. So, this weekend we just get a little foretaste of that. As I mentioned, Jesus defined health as being this: "They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick, will thou be made whole?" We already saw that this morning. That health involves mental. What else? Physical. And spiritual, keep that in mind. Total person. Therefore, the Bible says, "And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might." And we found out that health involves each one of those dimensions. Total health. The basis of health is found in a precious book called Exodus 15:26. Listen what it says. The Bible declared, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. And I like this last line. For I am what? The Lord that healeth thee. That is so important. Man cannot even add one cubit to his statue nor a hair on his head. Man does not heal. It is God that does the healing. We are to cooperate with the divine healer. Now, God has promised that he will preserve us, he will even restore us to health if it's going to bring glory to his name. But those promises are based on conditions. And in this text, there are three conditions which must be met in order for God to fulfill this promise. Number one, the Bible declares the first condition. Will thou hearken to the voice of God? Have you ever tried to help somebody and they will not listen to you? Can God help you when you don't listen to him? You listen to every other voice. There's so many voices out here. But we need to listen to God's voice before we listen to man. We listen to God, then God will lead us to the man or to the woman. That's number one. Second thing is that we'll do that which is right. Once we listen to gain information, now we need to make a decision based on the information we have received. Just like the uh, Bible studies going out, people are getting information, they must make a decision, Gordon. They don't, they don't take those Bible studies just to entertain them. They're looking for something. Are you following? And based on the information, they are drawing conclusions in their mind. That's why we come to meetings. I hope not to be entertained, but to be informed based on good information that we can be transformed. The Bible goes on and says then after we listen, we make a decision, and the Bible says, will I keep, keep my commandments, keep my statutes, listen, decide, obey. The consequences now are in the hands of God. Aren't you glad when you give everything to God you're not responsible for the outcome? Huh? I am. He said the results is in my hand. When I do what he said, just like you said here, you do what he says He'll take care of all the financial needs. You do what he tells you to do. Very important. Now, what did God promise here? We're going to see this as we go on. What did he promise? None of these. None of these diseases are put upon the Egyptian, And so this, we find them. Did God keep his promise? Now, God, as my wife was talking about, the children of Israel come out of Canaan land. And we have done presentation on the parallel between the Exodus movement and the Advent movement. There's close parallels between the Exodus movement and the Advent movement, which some of you all probably ought to know. But God brought uh, enslaved people out of bondage into the wilderness. And the Bible declares here in Psalms 105, 37, he, God, brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. That God is still alive today. And we are headed to the Canaan land. And do you believe God is going to have His people, bodies are strewn all over the earth. He has to have a people. He has to. He will. But he cannot have a people unless we choose to be that people. And I realize that God will have a healthy posterity. But remember that these people that started off weren't healthy people. (laughs) So there's hope for all of us. Amen? Amen? Now, we find how many people we're talking about. Some Bible commentaries estimate the tribes of Israel number almost more than a million people. Can you imagine a million people with no running water, electricity, flushing toilets? With all the conveniences we have, the niceties we have, and we still got diseases today. But there was not one feeble person among them. Not one died in the wilderness of pneumonia, tuberculosis, diphtheria, malaria, uh, they didn't have allergies, they didn't have sinus, they didn't have any of that. That God is still living. He will do for us if we're willing to cooperate. As we go on then, let us find out his plan. We want to talk about none of these diseases. What are these diseases? According to modern paleopathologists, Long name just dealing with those who go into ancient ruins and exhume bodies of these mummies and do autopsies. (laughs) And what they have done, which is definitely documented, they have went into the tombs of these mummies and they have found out that the Egyptians suffer from various diseases. Turn with me in your medical book to Deuteronomy chapter 28. And there is a list of diseases in Deuteronomy 28 that we are Facing today in 1999 here in the United Kingdom. First of all, this probably won't be too long. First of all, in verse 15, the Bible declares, and I want you to, now, like I said, I like to try to reason a little bit. And, and there are certain terms I want to impress upon your mind. Deuteronomy 28, verse 15, listen to what it says. But it shall come to pass. If thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these, what? Curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. I want you to mark in your mind the word curses because we're going to hear that word again. Now, why do the curses come based on this text? For disobedience. Keep that in mind. So that is an effect of disobedience. Now, look at verse 22. Let's examine some verses here. We're going to examine about four verses here. Verse 22. Let's see about these diseases. In verse 22, it says, the Lord shall smite thee with a consumption. What is consumption? Tuberculosis. If you follow and read and get the dictionary. And what area of the body does that affect? the lungs. So we're dealing with respiratory problems. Would you say so? And so I believe that the Egyptians suffer with respiratory problems. Not only tuberculosis, allergies, emphysema probably, eczema, you name it bronchitis. Do we suffer with that today? Yes. All right, let's move on. In the same verse and with a fever. When we think of a fever we must go into the, uh, into the realm of the immune system. There are immune diseases today. What diseases affects our immune system? AIDS, cancer. And most of us believe that AIDS is a 20th century disease. Some people really believe the green monkey theory. That the monkey in Africa is the one, the progenitor of AIDS, which is a lie. That monkey must have wings to fly. But when you understand the bovine virus and the virus, which is the sheep virus, and how uh, the smallpox and other uh, vaccination was put together uh, to treat certain population, then we must come to the conclusion, I want you to listen to this, and you might have read this, and I really believe this, who killed Africa? Mm. And I have much documentation that the green monkey did not produce AIDS. Let's think of syphilis. Syphilis, we know what syphilis is. Where did that come from? Shepherds that I with sheep. Did you hear what he say? Men having sexual relationship with sheep came over on the Mayflower. That is documented, and so therefore we don't have to go into that. Therefore, fever. Cancer, you name it. Let's move on. Verse twenty-two. Verse twenty-two. Still, with an inflammation. What kind of condition would you categorize under inflammation? Inflammation. That's right. Arthritis. All your itis, arthritis, bursitis, nephritis, colitis diverticulitis. Are you following what I'm saying? Bronchitis, huh? Inflammation. Did the G- Egyptians have that? Sure they did. Let's move on. An extreme burning. And I give you a little hint. This happened internally. Extreme burning. Ulcer. Ulcers. Gastric ulcers. Duodenum ulcers. Digested problem. If I had to be a medical doctor. I would specialize in gastrointestinal problems. Because that's where it's at. Most people go to the doctors. Because of this here. (laughs) Let's move on. In verse 22. And with mildew. What is mildew? Fungus. Mold. Parasites. You've heard of. Candidus, Candida. You heard of athlete feet. Wing, ringworms. Hookworms. Tapeworms. Fungus. Parasites. These are just conditions. That's in Deuteronomy 28, verse 22. When, who wrote this book? Moses wrote this book. How long ago? What do you think? It gotta be more than 2,000, gotta be close to 3,000 years. Would you say so? But here we talk about 3,000 or more years, the diseases of the Egyptians are still the diseases of the 20th century man. Let's look at verse 27. The Lord will smite thee with the botch of Egypt. Those are boils, skin boils, cancerous boils. He would also whip the hemorrhoids. I know you can name that one. Which one is that? Hemorrhoids, rectal diseases. Do we suffer with hemorrhoids today? Do we suffer with diverticulitis? Do we suffer with ulcerated colitis? That's in verse 27. And with the itch and with the scab, those are diseases that affect the skin, eczema, psoriasis. Do we have skin diseases today? Yes, we do. Verse 28. And the Lord shall smite thee with madness, neurological conditions, depression, manic depression, paranoid schizophrenia. Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's. And These are neurological diseases, depression. And then it says in verse 28, with blindness, cataracts, glaucoma, macular degeneration. Then it says with the astonishment of heart, strokes, heart attacks, cardiovascular disease. That's what I'm reading here. You do a reference on these things. Last verse, verse 35. Anxious might be in the knees. That's where mine started. Could be a little bursitis, <laughs> joint problems <laughs> with osteoporosis, with the legs, varicose veins. Mm. We find here with a sore botch that cannot be healed from the sole of that foot, gout. Mm. To the top of that head, premature bawling, dandruff, scalp diseases, cradle diseases, etc. And if I go on and on and on, you'll find every major disease that we suffer with in 1999 is recorded in the Bible. And now, the Egyptians suffer with these diseases, according to these modern paleopathologists. This was not done in the 16th, 17th century. This was done in the 20th century to test, to show the diseases of the Egyptian. Every last one of them. And when they went into the tombs of these Egyptians, they... They found grains that had been processed, refined grains, because the Egyptians believe in reincarnation. And the deceased spirit would come back in another body, and therefore they had all kinds of little foods and grains. But they not only found grains, they found a little apparatus called a seething machine, a seething machine that they used to process the flour. So they were eating processed flour. White bread, are you following me? They love sugar. They love fats, and they did not do any physical activity. Ooh, that sounds like modern people today. High fat, low fiber, no exercise. And that's what they suffer with. And the Egyptians were wise people. Do you know that? They had doctors. Etc. They knew more about the human body than we can imagine. I'm not going to leave this on the board, but there's just some scriptures here, such as in the Old Testament, in the Kings, boils, inflammation, Deuteronomy, leprosy. Leprosy still exists today, loss of appetite, fever, foot disease, consumption, pulmonary tuberculosis, hemorrhoids, tumors, itch, strokes, ulcers, etc. All in the Word of God. I did not need a medical dictionary, the Bible tells me of all the diseases and man have just now given them fancy names to enshroud it in mystery to keep you in darkness. Are you following me? They give a fancy name. You say, what's that? And all this talking about lung problems. (laughs) Long words to describe a simple problem. Hmm? So we find I have to move on so I'm sorry that you won't be able to copy this. <laughs> I'm sorry. We've got to move on. All right. The Bible declares here that's in Deuteronomy 28:15. It but it should come to pass if thou would not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and do all his commandments and statutes that all these curses should come upon thee and overtake thee. Therefore I declare that disease is a result of disobeying the laws of God, both natural and spiritual, whether willfully or ignorant. And many of us suffer the consequences of our parents, but we are not responsible. Are you following what I'm saying? If there was no sin, there would be no sickness. Do you agree with that? And all sickness is not a punishment for sin. But nevertheless, because of disobedience by our first parent, disease has come into the world. therefore, We find that God has given us a moral law. He has given us a natural law. Both of these laws have been written with the finger of God. They are both sacred. The natural law is as sacred as the Ten Commandments. We need grace to keep the natural law like we need grace to keep the Ten Commandments. You need grace to drink water. You need grace to sleep right. You need grace to exercise. You need grace to even trust God. (laughs) Amen. And so, therefore, there's nothing secular about these laws. They are of a spiritual nat- nature, and we have a God who is willing to give us power to follow his laws. All we need to do is make a decision to do so. Are you following what I'm saying? Let's move on as we get to some of the substance before we close out here. Now, here we get to some very basic practical things. This is what you might want to make mental note. Every disease, what? Do you believe that? Now, man will tell you he does not know the cause, but that's all right. He's doing the best he can. No condemnation. He's limited. And so I I don't condemn him. But my only problem with man, when he tells me that there's nobody knows the cause and you can't do anything about it, you just have to suffer the consequence and take his medication, then I have a problem with that person. But if he just stopped and said, there's no cause, but I tell you what, you go and search it out and do the best you can. Okay, doc, I'll do that. But however, here's a precious text. Proverbs 26.2. The last phase of this. It has another part to it, but I'm taking the last phase. Listen what it says. The what? Curse causeless should not come. You remember that word curse? And I brought this up before. The curse causeless. Think. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Say what you say, uh, is it? There is always a cause. True. Mm-hmm. All right, anything else? The curse causeless should not come. There's always a cause. You're right. There's a cause. Anything else you can add to that? The curse causeless should not come. won't be a curse because All right. So the curse is the result of the cause. Very good. The curse comes as the result of a cause. Now, since I don't have a board up here, I want you to pitch it into mind. We're going to substitute another word for the word curse. That's a strong word. I'm going to use another word. We call it effect. E-F-F-E-C-T. Substitute effect for curse. I mean for cause. I mean curse, that's right. For every effect, there is a cause. Are you following me? So we want to learn how to reason from cause to effect. All right? Now I want to substitute another word because you're going to learn how to understand how disease takes place in our bodies. I want to substitute another word for effect or just add it to it, a word called symptom. Symptom. Do you understand my my southern accent here? Symptom. If you study the word symptom, that means, in the Greek, it means a sign or signal. You see my red light blinking? The word symptom means a sign or signal. Let's get an example of this. Say we were driving to the meeting, trying to get there on time, and I know in the cars on the dashboard, they got instrument lights. And all of a sudden on your car, in your car, and if it's a, you know, it's a used car, maybe it was not running too good, but it gets you to point A to point B. But all of a sudden you start seeing a light on your dashboard doing this. And, and there's some initial ALT. You know what I mean, ALT? What does that mean to some of you guys who understand this? Alternating. And it's just blinking. And you're looking at that. And I, I tell you, have you had an experience you've seen your light blink? Doesn't that kind of make your heart sink a little bit? Because all you see, you've got to come out of your pocket and do something. Are you following what I'm saying? It start blinking. And therefore, you begin to get a little nervous. And you say, man, this car getting ready to stop on me. And you said that light is just disturbing me. And so you just go into uh, probably a place that you keep uh, some instrument, and you just take a, a hammer or something and knock out the light. Knock it out. Now it's not blinking no more. Now you just, you feel safe. Because you don't see the light. Because when you see the light, it just makes you sweat more. I know it used to make me sweat. But if you don't see the light, you fall into what he call cardinal security. Now, it's an example here. You get to your place where you're going. Turn the car off. Because you knocked the light out already. Then after the business is taken care of, you get back in your automobile, turn the key, reality checks in. Now I want you to remember this when I come back to this. You know, symptom, a sign, warning, telling you something is wrong. But what you do, knock it out. Okay? Let's move on. We're going to see how this works in a moment. Cause and effect. We find that cause could be disobedience produce produce disease obedience produce health the Bible says in Deuteronomy 533 ye shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you that you may live and that it may be well with you and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess God said look you do this you should live you do this you should die he didn't force us he give us a choice are you following me I cannot force you. I will not try to force you. I will not tell you what to do. Only thing we can do is to educate, to inform, and leave the Holy Spirit room to bring the conviction. Are you following what I'm saying? Therefore, now, let's move on. Disease defined. This is one of the most profound statements that you can find within the medical world. Now, I said the medical world because I believe this definition is inspired. comes from a book that I've mentioned to you that everybody needs this book called Ministry of Healing. If you don't have it, please get the book. It is a prescription. One of the most profound definition of disease, I went to school studying anatomy, physiology, I flunked the classes, didn't like it, didn't like physiology, didn't like chemistry, didn't like any of that stuff. But when I started studying physiology, anatomy, and chemistry from the Bible, I got excited. Now listen to this definition. It says, picture it, disease is an effort of nature, it says, to free the system from conditions that results from the violation of the laws of health. Now I want you to keep that in mind because I'm going to test you on that on the end. I want to say that again. I want you to try to get a picture of this. Here's some of us, I know some of us sitting here with some conditions. We've been to doctors, we're looking for answers, and I might not have the answer, but at least you're going to understand that there is some hope here. It says, Disease is an effort. Now, when you think of that word effort, what comes to your mind? Work. Work. Hmm? Work, is that all right? Disease is an effort of the body. The body is putting forth work or energy. Could you say so? It is expending what I call vital force. We're going to see how this works in a moment. Now, disease is an effort of the body. What is the body trying to do here? What it's trying to, look here. Look. Read it. What is trying to do? It's trying to free itself of the condition that has been encumbered upon it. And so when we end up with allergies and diabetes and cancer, oh, I'm going to die. But that is good news in a sense because the body is responding. But all we need to do is learn how to cooperate cooperate with nature efforts. We're going to see this in a moment. Because, because of our ignorance, we panic when we're diagnosed with a disease condition. That result from a violation of the laws of health. And we have our last meeting, and certain people wanted to volunteer, certain people, I say I've talked to them personally, but I'm still looking for this particular volunteer for my evening meeting, because we're gonna see how this is practically done. Because it says laws of health. Disease come as a result of violating the law. So if you're sitting here with arthritis, high blood pressure, allergies, lupus, sinus, whatever you got, cancer, then the law will reveal to you what caused your problem. And the law will reveal to you what to do for your problem. Let's move on. Keep that in mind. This is how it works. Now, disease is what? An effort of nature to free the system. This is how a disease situation work. Example of how disease works. These are symptoms. See that light? It's just blinking, right? Now, let's take the symptoms of a cold. Coffee. Say that you have a chronic cough, just coughing and it's it's, it's inconvenient to you and it's disturbing your rest and disturbing your wife or your husband and you want to get rid of that cough by not understanding how the body works and these laws you just want some immediate relief so you go to the pharmacist and you buy a medication which its name itself tells you what it does. You buy what you call cough suppressant. Did you hear that? I don't know if you get that. Here you are coughing. Now you take a cough suppressant. Now it is suppressing nature's effort to do what? To get rid of the poison, the toxins, the mucus out of your body. And what it does in the long run, when you take a cough suppressant, yes, you silent the cough. You knock out the alternator life. But, weeks, months later, you no longer get a cough. Now you end up with pneumonia. Why? Because now you have messed up vital force, weakened the condition, now it would appear in a more, what? Stronger way. Are you following what I'm saying? You're fine, you got sneezing and running nose, and you get some antihistamines and... Snuff the stuff back up, and all you're doing is just snuffing the toxins back into your body. And pretty soon, you get rid of the nasal decongestion, but down the line, you end up with sinusitis problems. Hmm. Disease only change the form. Hmm. You get fever. Whether the baby has fever, whether you have fever, you get a child, children Tylenol. We have two lovely grandchildren, especially my grandson. Uh, he came to live with us when he was a month and a half because my daughter and the folks, they were traveling so much in the business. And so she said, Dad, would you all, you know, what can we do? They, they wanted to put him in a daycare at an early age and we fought that. So she said, well, I got to do something until we, till we uh, change jobs. She said, well, will you keep little Patrick for one month? Now he was a month and a half, Tom. That one month turned to a year and a half. My grandson, our grandson is how old, dear? Four, five years old. So we had, we had to win, we went back. I know you got children. We went back into our child re- rearing days. Getting up at 12 o'clock in the morning. A one in a month, one month and a half baby. I tell you, but it was a good experience because it really helped me develop some good character traits. It really did. I'm serious. Something I did not know that I was, that I was messed up. <laughs> but our little grandson, when he was born, he's. a, all of our grandchildren we think all our grandchildren is lovely so i'm not bragging on but anyway he was a he was a pretty baby pretty baby For a huh For a <laughs> and he had a he had a little he had allergies and he was constipated cuz my daughter didn't follow the program so the doctor put him on uh some medication she didn't you know and, and told him, t- told her to take, tell her to, to give him medication and suppository. So when that little guy came to us, it was no way he was going to take any medication. We cleaned the little guy out, gave him his first enema. He smiled. He started having good bowel movements. Gave him a little slippery em. Cleaned him out. He would get a fever. In, in our master bedroom, we have double sinks. Double sinks. Put cold water in one. Hot water, another. Hold that little naked guy up, dip him. <laughs> 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 water. Well, he just—you got to know the guy, <laughs> and and just wash him down with a little lemon. No more fever. No more fever. As long as he got the bowels moving, no fever. And ever since then, he has not been to a doctor. We don't have to give him children Tylenol. Therefore, fever is the body effort to burn up toxins. The Bible said, where there's no wood, there will be no fire. (laughs) So fever lets us know that there's waste in our body, and the body is turning up its heat mechanism to destroy the waste. Yes, we want to control the fever. We don't want the fever to get out of hand. But if we learn how to use hydrotherapy, which every family can learn, simple hydrotherapy. Water is one of the most effective ways of treating diseases. Every mother should be a medical doctor. Now, what are you saying, Jackson? I'm not saying you need to go to school. You should understand the human body. That's all I'm saying. Let's move on. All right, these are symptoms. Therefore, if you have a cold... The body's going to try to get rid of it. They're going to come out, the mucus. Are you following me? That's the way the body become overload. The body's trying to get rid of the poison. Now, if you close down the front door, it's going to come out the back door. <laughs> now, I know in England that might not be polite, but I'm sorry. <laughs> but that is a reality. Nature will not be mocked. Are you with me? God designed nature to maintain homostasis, balance. And you and I mess up with nature, and so we push stuff out and close it down, so nature says, all right, I come another way. Are you with me? And we don't want diarrhea, and there's a way to deal with diarrhea. You don't have to take no diarrhea medicine. Just get a little charcoal some banana pills or some oats. If you're here tomorrow, we're going to talk about God's pharmacy. So nature will not be mocked. Therefore, front door, side door, back door. This is nature expelling impurities. And all we do is give names to the condition which tells you the location of the condition, but not the cause of it. Names of diseases only tell you the location. Are you with me? Not the name. Bronchitis. Inflammation of the bronchitis. Arthritis. Greek word, athron, inflammation of the joints. Are you following me? Ulcerated colitis, ulcers of the colon. So it does not tell you the, lo- the name, I mean the, the cause. Only the name, only the location. Let's move on. Therefore, I don't care whether you have headaches, sinus, hay fever, laryngitis, asthma, bronchial asthma. Different names, same game. Waste. Toxic waste. When you have asthma and bronchial problems, those three hundred million air sacs in your lungs, those air, some of those air sacs become clogged up with mucus, with mucus, trapping, you know, cutting off the precious air, and the body go into spasm. So they give you steroids instead of cleansing out the body. All it is is mucus, mucus, mucus have become encased within the bronchial tubes. Treating the symptoms, here's that light. Hmm? Treating the symptom is like mopping a floor while the water continues to pour. Did you get that? It would be easy to turn off the water. Are you with me? We're coming almost to a close. Disease become trapped within the body. Toxins that need to be getting out of the body. You can't hardly see this, but I call this my Toxema tree. And you cannot see these names, but these names represent disease condition. Everyone that, I mean, probably some of us on this tree. I'm quite sure. I'm quite sure. Now, if we're on this tree, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 3, When John the Baptist was baptizing at the River Jordan, he said that we must lay the axe to the root of the tree. So therefore, when you treat diverticulitis, whether you treat emphysema, whether you treat tonsillitis, you're only dealing with the symptoms. Are you following me? you got to get to the root. Because that condition is going to reappear in another form. Some of us sit here without some body parts. Body parts. First Corinthians chapter 12, you read about there's one body and many members. And it says the comely parts are necessary, the feeble parts. And there's two precious organs that some of us sit in here today that we do not have. <laughs> you can name those two organs. What are they? Tonsils. The tonsils. And the appendix. How many know what their tonsils are for? I see one. What did you say? And the T-cells is part because they are part of your lymphatic system. That's a very good point. They're part of your lymphatic system. So is your appendix. Now, you know what your lymphatic system is all about? That's right. Your spleen is part of your lymphatic system. Your appendix is part of your lymphatic system your tonsils are part of your lymphatic system, it protects, it drains, it cleans. And most of us, because we get a little inflammation, and one of the most deadly things to tonsils in youth, in children, is cow milk. Cow milk is deadly to the tonsils. And as the distance to talk about T cells, not only that in the, in the thymus, Because when you take out your tonsils, you are interrupting, interfering in part of your immune system. Now, I'm not saying surgery is sin, but it needs to be the last result. And most people that have tonsillectomy, I have a doctor friend. He is a pediatrician anesthetist. That means he put little babies to sleep in order for them to operate. And this has been years ago. I think they didn't stop this. But he told me, he said, Jackson, what was his performance? How many? About 13 tonsillectomy every six hours. And he asked his cohort, he said, why are we performing so many tonsillectomy? And the guy just smiled. He said, you want to eat, don't you? Now, what he was actually saying, it is financial profitable. It's just like hysterectomies, which 90% are not necessary. It just gives a bigger yacht for the doctor. Good vacation plan. And I'm not joking about that because it is one of the most prevalent operation. Hysterectomies, tonsillectomy. Then we, now if you have a, a appendicitis attack, you know, and you get to the last stage, you might have to get it cut out. But what about the ladies who have hysterectomies? And when they remove some of your ovaries and et cetera, and they take your appendix with it. And I asked my nurse friend and my doctor friend, I said, why do you take the ladies' appendix when you take their ovaries. Well, just in case we have to go back in there. You see, the appendix is, is, is a part of your filtering system, and it's, it's also your regulator that helps to regulate peristalsis. That means keep that fecal matter moving up the ascending colon. And it also secrete a germocidal substance that neutralizes toxins in the the cecum. Are you following what I'm saying? When you don't have appendix, you're gonna have sluggish bowel. You're gonna have poor intestinal flora, and I guarantee you, I'm gonna do a research on this. But we talk about B12 deficiency, which is developed from the flora of the bacteria at the beginning of the ileocecum. The small intestine leads into the large colon. A lot of folks without appendix, I believe, have poor intestinal flora. Now, what I mean about intestinal flora, when you don't have enough, a good, friendly bacteria in your gut, you can't hardly digest food. You have a lot of gas. Protein putrefies in the gut. Producing protein poison that will facilitate allergies, pancreas problems, etc. They don't tell you the chain reaction that takes place from taking that little feeble organ. And you read in medical books, in all medical books, they would tell you in human beings that the appendix is not necessary. Hmm? unless it evolved, and it shouldn't evolve. And so therefore, we find then that we must get to the root of the matter. Let's move on quickly. Therefore, diseases, stages, acute, chronic, and degenerate. Acute stage, we have pictures that represent what we mean by acute. When acute disease, this is a baby, that means your vital force, you know, you got a lot of vital force when you're young. And there are acute diseases, such as measles. Anybody heard of measles? Chicken pops, mumps. How long does it take for that condition to run its course? About 10 days. Maybe no more than two weeks. Would you say so? The body vital force is at its peak to handle that. Are you following what I'm saying? If that baby is kept in good condition and don't, (laughs) if you don't take him all the time to a pediatrician for every little condition, that he is shot with antibiotics, he will maintain a healthy immune system. Now we move on to chronic. Now your vital force is dropping. Chronic, asthma, allergies. They don't linger 10 days, months, (laughs) maybe years. Maybe through your life, are you following what I'm saying? That lets you know that your vital force, when you have these kind of conditions, your vital force is at a second stage. Are you following what I'm saying? And you say, well, how long is it going to take for me to overcome the allergy? you got to struggle, my friend. you got to put up a good fight of faith. Are you following what I'm saying? Let's move on. Degenerate disease. Now, your vital force is flickering, cancer, heart disease, Arthritis diabetes. Are you following what I'm saying? You're at a stage that you cannot play around. When somebody said, well, you need to stop drinking, and person well, God knows. He knows my heart. He sure does. You need to stop drinking. You need to stop what you're doing today. Just like salvation. Today, when you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Are you following what I'm saying? Therefore, Bible tells us this will set the stage for our evening meeting. What should we do when disease comes upon us? And I will show you practically how this works, if I get a volunteer. In case of sickness, the cause should be ascertained, number one. Number two, unhelpful conditions should be changed. Number three, wrong habits corrected. Then number four, nature is to be assisted in her effort to expel impurities and to reestablish right conditions in the system. Now, let me just explain these briefly because these are about the last slides. Ascertain the cause. Now, I want to put a quiz to you real quickly. How many remember, this is a test, how many remember the definition of disease that I gave you early? You remember you got... You have over 10 billion brain nerves. Each one can record 86 million bits of information. And I'm not even giving you that much. (laughs) Laughter for me is good for my endorphins. Because the type of work I'm in, I have to have a smile. You're doing good, Roy. It's very good. He says it's an effort of nature to free the system of impurities. From wrong, um, the, I heard that the violation, violation of the laws of nature. All right, now. All right, this has this set the stage as we ascertain the cause. The book of Job, I think, um, Job... Let me give you a text. I don't want to give you the wrong text here. In the book of Job, J-O-B, Job chapter 29, Job 29 verse 16. The Bible says, Job 29 16. I was a father to the poor. And listen to what Job said. The cause which I knew not, he did what? Searching. He searched it out. Now, I want you to picture this. Those who are going to be with us this evening, back to the last meeting. Ascertain the cause. If you have a headache, if you have sinus, and I'm not taking away your doctor, et cetera, but just for a layman perspective, and say you didn't get to the doctor, but God has given us a way to determine some of the things that's happening to us. To ascertain the cause. Where should we go to ascertain the cause of our health problems? To the words, be specific. The eight laws of health. Because remember, the definition of disease, disease is an effort of nature to free the system as a result of the violation of laws of health. Romans chapter 3 tells us that the law reveals what? Sin. So the law, the eight laws of health, will reveal to you your basic problem. And we're going to see that, how that works. You go to the law. You got a headache, you look at the eight laws of health. Maybe there's a lot of, maybe you're dealing with stress in a destructive way. Will stress produce headaches? Lack lack of fresh air? Lack of exercise? Lack of sleep? Lack of water? Are you following what I'm saying? We go to the law to determine what's causing our problem. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Right. secondly, it says change, unhelpful condition. Once we understand that, now we've got to understand the environment we're living in. What do we mean by unhelpful condition? It's the environment we're living in. You might be living, work, I talked to a lady, she was having asthma, but her roommate smoked cigarettes. So she was breathing in second-hand smoke. Is that an unhealthy environment? Either she has to move or put the roommate out. Or the roommate need to be considered to smoke outside. Are you following what I'm saying? We could be living in places where our mold and dampness, that is unhealthy. And I don't want to be condemning or offensive, but I know God created animals. He loved animals, but animals don't belong inside. They don't belong inside. A cat has 65 different parasites. A dog has over 35 different parasites. I work with too many people and children that I've seen parasites come out of their bodies as a result of sleeping, hugging, kissing animals. I was on my way to do a camp meeting this year. I stopped, my wife and I and friends stopped to use the restroom. We stopped at a a, a restaurant. It It was a nice day. There was a man and a wife and a dog sitting there in the picnic area and the lady had ice cream and the dog was licking the ice cream and I said hey that dog eat ice cream but something told me look a little further so the dog licked and she licked and I told my wife if I ever saw that that ended her kissing career (laughs) I don't care how precious animals are God didn't create you to kiss them so that's unhelpful condition. <laughs> Correct wrong habits, sleeping habits, eating habits. Are you following what I'm saying? Then assist nature in our effort. You might need to fast maybe for 24 hours. Hmm? Yeah. You might need to take a little hot and cold shower or a little fever bath or fomentation. Now you following what I'm saying? And what we're going to learn tomorrow You might need to take, you know, maybe a little peppermint tea or a little herb. Sometimes you need certain things to assist. Are you following what I'm saying? God has laid this down. That's what we're talking about. Therefore, this is it. God's plan is designed for the preservation and the restoration of health. And we want to see how this plan works this evening. We want to find out this evening the therapeutic value and the application of these laws. We want to find out how God can help us not to experience none of these diseases.